welcome to the Cork Church Podcast. We are so glad that you are joining us today. We hope this message inspires you, builds your faith, and encourages you in the things of the Lord. Enjoy the message. Uh, Psalm 40, verses 6 to 8 says, Sacrifice an offering you did not desire. My ears you have opened. Some translations would say pierced. Burnt offering and sin offering you did not require. Then I said, Behold, I come in the scroll of the book, for it is written of me. I delight to do your will, O God, and your law is within my heart. Now in Exodus 21, verses 5 and 6, there is a very interesting account um, here and let me read it to you and fill in some blanks as we go along but if the servant plainly says I love my master my wife and my children I will not go out free then his master shall bring him to the judges he shall also bring him to the door or, or to a doorpost and his master shall pierce his ear with an awl and he shall serve him forever an amazing scripture. It's an amazing scripture because it talks about it talks about uh, a man or a woman that has been in bondage or slavery, you could say. And at the end of a jubilee period in the scriptures, slaves were released because God says, you know, they have paid their debt because slavery back in those times was normally indentured servitude. You either took out a loan that you couldn't afford, you you, you got in a business adventure. And uh, there was no bailout systems, there was no IMF, there was no credit unions. You couldn't walk away from your debt, and uh, you, you, you were owned by that debt, you and your family. So before you made a business adventure, you, took, you had to think long and hard, because it, you, know, you just couldn't walk away. I remember back in 2007, before the, the, the great breakup of our economy, before the Celtic economy grew to a, a halt, People were borrowing money at like 1% and nearly 0% and they were overextending themselves and getting huge mortgages to buy expensive houses. And in the back of many people, I look at the whites of people's eyes, you know, the back of many people's, well, if it doesn't work out and things go south, I'll just walk away from my house, you know. And, 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 and many people did that. Many, many people took on debt without realizing or really, you know, testing the waters of their capabilities to return the money and ended up upside down in our mortgages, as you say, negative equity, then some people ended up bankrupt. But the reality was you didn't end up a slave. But back in ancient times, you did. You paid your debt. But thank God that the humanity of uh, the, 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 the kindness of God, he gave a law to Israel, seven years is enough. And after that, you have to let them go free. But there was instances in, in, in that history where there was a strong affection a strong bond of love that would form between the two households. The man that was serving now, you know, the family and the children had to serve and the wife had to serve. But they had many times there was instances where the, the master was a kind and the family was kind and loving. It wasn't unfortunately always that way. Probably most of the times it wasn't that way. And most of the times masters weren't kindly. Uh, they weren't at all decent. They really downtrodden people. But there was moments, because uh, the scripture cites them, where uh, uh, you know, a, a servant, when he was able to go free, he would count what, he just, what we just read here. The scripture said, No, I love my master. And I love my wife and my family. 
and I don't want to leave them. I, 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 want to be, I want to be part of them. And there was this sense of, this sense of free will, giving themselves in servitude, in perpetuity. Uh, you know, and, and this, was the, this was the system. So they, they were brought then as a legal binding agreement for all to see. They, they would sub, sub, submit themselves before the judges. The judges were another word for God. Actually, that is in Elohim is when you look at it in the Hebrew. The judges would sit at the city gate and they would, they would come. The man would come and say, my servant who's been with me for seven years. You, you listen to his own testimony and the servant would say, I have loved this man and his family. There's a bond here. We, we, we want to be part of this family forever. In actual fact, you begin to see it in the house of even Abraham when Elias was a similar. Elias wasn't a biological member of the household of Abraham, but because of a similar arrangement, became the most trusted and endearing and became, became part of the inheritance even of Abraham because he became a bondservant to him out of free will, out of a, out of a desire, out of love. Thank God today, friends, that it was the love of God that drew us. Amen. There's something about Christ when, 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 we, when we were once, the Bible says, slaves to sin. I, I don't know if you can remember those days, but I remember them. I remember what it was like before I met the great master, the one who really is worthy of service to. I was bound in my shackles of slavery, bound by my sin, bound by my lust, bound by the darkness around me. Living no different than the animal, not having any understanding of what was truly right or truly north or true south or true north. No sense of direction in life. It was an awful place to, to be given birth by your mom, you know, brought into a world and not really understanding what it is all about. Darkness all around, just groping around in the dark and then being bound by my natural flesh, being bound by my thought patterns, being bound by the powers of darkness, being bound by sin. And let me tell you, it took an awful toll on our lives. It took an awful toll. It began to break marriages apart, break families apart. Bring violence into the communities. The wages, the Bible says, of sin is death, but the free gift of God, hallelujah, it's free, is eternal life through Christ Jesus. There, when he went to that doorpost in front of the judges before God, you could say, and he said, I want to commit to my master. That's a type of conversion. Something happened, something took place, he would take the servant, he would take a thing called an awl. If you're a carpenter, you call it a brad awl. And basically an awl is a spike with a handle on it that tanners used to, to punch holes in, in leather goods. A carpenter would use it as a pre-boring hole for a screw. And basically what he did, he'd bring him to a wooden doorpost, he would get his ear and he would pierce his ear. And in that piercing, there would be that recognition it was ceremonial. It was real. It was public. It was a type of contract. It was a declaration. But there was the place where this man resigned all his rights of independent living. He resigned them. That's a big thing to give that away, let me tell you. Under any circumstance, no matter when, what, where, when, whatever your view of this sort of practice in history, for a man or a woman to, to do this, that was a huge step. That's not a step you take lightly. I tell people all the time, you don't willy-nilly give your life to Christ. That's not true conversion. Where, you know, it's an easy Christianity to slip your hand up. 
in the meeting. Well, thank God he's made it easy for you to be saved. Amen. He doesn't want to bring you publicly and pierce you in a physical way. But thanks be to God that you and I came to a place in our life as a believer where we saw someone that we said we want to serve him forever. Amen. Because he first of all served us where we came to the foot of his cross and we saw at his service to this world that how he came and laid down his life for us, how he freely gave it up, how he freely poured forth his life's blood for us, friends. Something happened in all of our hearts where we looked at our old slave master, sin and the devil that took everything from us and gave us nothing but heartache and brokenness. And we looked upon the cross where we came to voluntarily and said, He is the one I want to serve. Amen. He is the one I I relinquish all my rights to take up no other right than the right of the cross. And that's where the Holy Spirit came, as it were, and also pierced our ear to His very cross. That is the very place where the Christian was born again. That's the very place where the Christian resigns himself from independent living, independent thought, independent action i have nothing no i have no rights that's what we have that's what happens christians i want to tell you right now hopefully you read the small print when you gave your life to jesus i'm one of those believers that is always saying you go into this with your eyes open i don't want you halfway down the journey and saying oh i never signed up for this let me tell you what you did sign up for you signed up for a life of servitude to God, who is your master, Christ who is your master, there your ear was pierced to his cross, and there you said, forever I'm going to serve you. We baptized about 21 people a few weeks ago, and everyone from the youngest to the oldest testified of giving their life to Christ, and now wanting to serve him and grow in their faith. Amen. Every one of them from different ages of maturity, different understandings, all the same understandings, but different levels of understanding of what that meant. But all of them coming to a place and saying, I resign my life. That's what it is. I'm laying down my life. I'm making it public. I'm right here in front of hundreds of people in foreign woods, ready to go through the waters of baptism. And I'm here to say publicly what has already happened privately. My ear was opened at Calvary. I was pierced to the cross. I lay down my life. I lay down all my rights. And I only take up the rights of a slave. That is an enormous statement. That's where you laid down your rights. You have no rights anymore. Only the rights that your master gives you. I said, you have no rights other than what he gives you. Praise God, the Apostle Paul, in Romans chapter 1, he talks about, he opens up his epistle to the Romans by saying, Paul, a bondservant of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, it's a very, the bondservant was a more graphic understanding because slave in the Bible could be interchanged with the word servant. And actually, many times it is. Servant and slave was the same thing. As civilizations distilled and got more, 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 you could say, more educated, thanks be to God, that practice was relegated to the back heap. Men and women in their journey towards civilized thinking and education and embracing life and knowledge had to walk a journey. And, but Paul himself, using the tools and the, the environment around him, starts to convey to us something very deep about his personal life to God. You know, what men did in the natural, you know, and did out of, out of evil. But to him, he saw a principle as giving up his own independence and becoming a bondservant, which literally is a slave to Jesus Christ. And actually, in the word bondservant, 
It has the, the idea that the master has bought a legal right. He's, he's bought a bond that can have a legal jurisdiction over something. It could be a bond to anything. It could, be, it could be a bond to buy a car. You could have a bond that's a legal right or document. But the uniqueness about salvation, not only has Christ bought the right to be your Lord and Savior by, by, the, by His cross at Calvary, He gives you an invitation to come and enact that right in your life. He said that to Jerusalem. And the sadness in the heart of Christ as he looks over the Mount of Olives and looks down through the Kidron Valley and walk across to Jerusalem City. And he goes, I can only imagine him standing that week before he's crucified with his hands over them. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how I would have gathered you as a mother hen would gather her chicks, but you would not come. You prefer the slavery of religion. You prefer the slavery of darkness. You prefer the slavery of your own thinking. You prefer the lower thinking that service to self or service to some other entity is of higher nobility, that is of higher reward. But a Christian has discovered the secret. Amen. Hallelujah. He is together beautiful, altogether beautiful, altogether lovely as we sing, altogether worthy of our worship. And so there, friends, the Christian begins to start the journey where for the first time ever his ear is open to the things of God. It's not a wonderful thing this morning for you and I to have come through that spiritual experience with God where all of a sudden our spirit is alive unto God. We begin to hear things that we've never heard before. We begin to hear revelations that we've never quite comprehended or knew existed. We begin to hear the story as it truly is taught by God. Amen. From God's point of view, this is a great place you know, the wonderful thing about being a slave to God is that you don't need to worry anymore. You don't need to worry about your bills. You don't need to worry about your mortgage. You don't need to worry about your family because you know what? They all belong to Him now. Amen. That is the great thing. See, see, that's why Jesus said, do not worry for anything about what you wear and what you eat for the ungodly worry about these things. And he said, even look at the lilies of the field. Look at the birds of the air. They don't toil nor spin. Yet Solomon and all his glory is not arrayed like them. And my father feeds the birds of the air. Why should you worry? He's saying it because he owns you. I will provide for you. And for the Christian, it's that battle when that old nature, that wrong thinking starts coming up behind us. Or when our ears start become closed again to the things of God. We listen to a lower thinking. We listen to the wrong voices. We don't listen because our ears are becoming closed again to the things of God. And so you don't need to worry. That's what Jesus is saying. You are mine. I own you. Hallelujah. I bought you. I love you. I care for you. I have everything that you need for life and happiness and eternal life. Our old master took everything, friends. Took everything from us and gave us nothing. How wonderful it was for you and me to be translated as slaves of sin, as Paul says to slaves of righteousness. Paul says, thanks be to God, though you were slaves to sin. That's a big statement. I don't want to use that word today. Everybody needs to get so politically correct. You, you listen to me this morning. To the pure, all things are pure. We're talking about the Word of God. So breathe the collective sigh this morning, okay? Hallelujah. We are slaves of righteousness today. He said, you believed the gospel in your heart and became slaves of righteousness. Praise God this morning. Amen. Uh, Bob Dylan used to sing a song, you've got to serve somebody. I was thinking, sitting down, the carnal song popped into my mind. It's a bittersweet symphony, that's life. Uh, and it talks about you, uh, you uh, try to 
get by and you're a slave to money till you die. And that's the truth. You are a slave to something today. I said you are a slave to something. Either your own passions and desires that dictate everything about your manifestation. You're a slave to a boss because you have to pay a mortgage. You're a slave to society and its rules and its regulations. But thanks be to God today, the Christian is only a slave to one. Amen. He is free to live without worry. Should he, would take, should he take God at his word today? Praise God. How wonderful to know the salvation of the Lord, the forgiveness of sins, the anointing of the Holy Spirit, the love, the joy, the peace, and the union with Christ. I want to tell you sometimes you need to take a step back from your trauma. You need to take a step back from what's going on and say, oh, at least it's well with my soul. Hallelujah. Oh, thank God I'm still on the winning side. Life isn't easy. No, it's not. Life is full of pitfalls. Life is full of difficulties. But thanks be to God who delivers me out of everyone. Hallelujah. And that's the gas cast iron guarantee. I want to tell you, Christian, you will finish this race. You will finish well, regardless of the trial you're in at the moment. Why? Because you belong to him and he won't leave any of his behind. That is the God that we serve. How wonderful to know such things. How memorable was the day when we voluntarily went to Calvary and the Holy Spirit pierced our ear to that cross. That's where we became the bondservant to Christ. That's not just where our eyes were opened, but our ears were opened. But as I said, that's where your rights ended. That's a hard thing for us because that's why we, this is where the wires get a little bit crossed. Now that we belong to Him, He's our master. We've only got the rights that he gives us. Only the ones he gives us. Jesus in Luke 16 talks a parable about a man that owed, two men that owed a debt that they couldn't pay. One owed a small amount and could possibly pay that amount. And the other owed a large amount. Neither of them could pay. But he forgave both these men. But then the one that was forgiven a lot of money was owed money by the other guy. And he had him thrown in prison and he had him literally put into seven years of, of, of slavery to pay off the debt that was owed to him. He'd forgotten, forgotten how much he'd been forgiven. Forgotten how much he'd been shown love. So quick to come against his brother. You know, I want to ask you this morning, maybe your ear has slowly closed to the Word of God. You say that when you go pierce your ear. They, they tried it years ago with me. I was too much of a chicken. Only went so far with the needle and I, I, I nearly fainted. Don't be laughing, Hamp. You're worse. But they say if you pierce someone's ear and, they don't, and, 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 and you, you don't put a pin in there, and you, or you leave the pin out, for a long period of time that the ears can close again. And so it can be with the Christian. Over a, over a period of time when you walk with God. That even though you were once a slave to darkness and Christ came and opened up your ear. But somehow along your journey your ear has become blocked again. And, and you can't hear the voice of God. It's not that he's not there. It's not that you don't belong to him. It's that you're just not hearing him. That happens. That happens because of neglect. The Bible says, how shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? That means not to pay attention to the salvation. 
And of course, that happens along this journey. It's a long journey. Life is a long journey. Although the older I get, the quicker it seems to have gone by. There was a time in my 20s, I thought life was going to be forever. I thought I'd never get to 30. Then I got to 30, I thought I'd never get to 50. And now at 50, none of your business, where I'm going next. <laughs> it seems to be a vapor. It seems to be going so quickly. And along that journey, there's many times where God had to deal with my heart as he has to deal with your heart. And the reason why he deals with us, friends, because if he doesn't deal with us, whatever's catching us will deal with us. And it will not be nice. If you think that God is some sort of mean-spirited, that I just, you just broke the rules and I'm just too willing to smack you. He disciplines you because he loves you. He challenges you because he wants you to go higher. He wants you to live in fruitfulness, not in mediocrity. He wants you to live in victory and in joy and in peace, not fear and bound and fearful and fretful all the moment, looking over your shoulder with no victory. He wants you walking strong, not wobbling over the finish line, friends. And many, unfortunately, are wobbling over the finish line, but it didn't have to be that way. It doesn't have to be that way. You don't need to be a miserable Christian. You can be a Christian that is hearing the Word of God. Let me tell you, in this life, you can get by as long as you're hearing an encouraging word. When's the last time you've heard an encouraging word from him? Because no matter what pain, no matter what you go through, my mom has just gone through hip surgery. The poor girl at 78, 77 and a half. Sorry, mom. She, she, She always corrects me, 77 and a half. I watched her going through that surgery, and, and even though I was away in Ukraine when this took place, that was torturous in itself, but when we got back, the, her pain levels were so high. It's different at that age. Other younger women can get through it faster, but her pain levels were very, very high. She was nearly at a point at times where she was despairing. Has this done any good? Am I going in the right direction? Until she heard a comforting word from her surgeon. He said, no, Anne, what you're going through is absolutely normal. It's okay. It will come to an end. And when you hear the surgeon say that, you can endure the pain. You can because you know it's going to come to an end. He's telling you the truth. It's amazing what you can endure when you hear God saying, you can endure this, and when you come out, which you will, you'll be far better for it. Because you need this hip replacement. You need this work done. But when you come through, you're going to be, the memory of that pain would be so far gone. They tell me, thanks be to God, that when I'm not a woman, thank God, I'm not gender confused on any level. Thank God that us men cannot bring forth babies, That's because the human race would end. But you talk to any mama that has pushed a baby into this world, and they would tell you that there's no more, the, the worst form of natural pain, and I stretch, stretch, stress the word natural, this childbirth. But every mama, when she pushes that baby out, they're screaming, I will never let that man near me again. I'm never doing this ever again. This is horrendous. But when that baby is out, let me tell you, and they're holding this little loved one in their arm, the memory of the pain is gone within sometimes seconds or weeks. It's like, did it ever happen? And I want to tell you, they, they, why? Because they know this is natural. They know this is normal. They know they're going to get through it. And I want to tell you this morning, maybe you need to hear a word from the Lord that you're going to get through your problems. You're going to get through the strife that God hasn't abandoned you. You need to hear that today. And if you're not hearing it, you need to come to the cross. If you're not hearing it this morning, you, you need to say, Oh God, I, I, I can't hear it, but I'm willing to be made he- hearing again. Did I get that right? Maybe your ears closed. Maybe you're just pulled away from the cross. 
maybe you're living like the old man, a slave to unrighteousness rather than a slave to righteousness. Maybe you've become hard towards your fellow Christian, maybe your spouse, maybe your family. You know, Hebrews 5 tells us this, the apostles writes, he says, we've much to say, but you have become hard of hearing. What an indictment when he spoke to the Hebrews, you become hard of hearing. That ear has closed. That ear that you once said was pierced for the goodness of God, for the glory of God, for the service of God. That ear that you were always listening for the world, word and the will of God, that you were driven and motivated, nothing other than the word of God and what he spoke to you and what he said to you. He says in Romans 10, 17, he says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Maybe the reason why your faith isn't growing is because that ear has closed. Something has gotten into the ether. Something's gotten into the, into the outworking of this great salvation. And God would say to you again, I'm still here. Nothing has changed in my sight. I'm still able to do exceedingly abundantly above what you can ask or think. My hand is not so short that it cannot save. My blood reaches to the highest mountain and to the lowest valley. Nothing changed about these great immovable truths, friends. They're exactly the same. These are the cornerstones of the universe built upon the Word of God. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my Word will not pass away. Your circumstances will change. Your situation will come and go. But there is one mighty thing, the God of the great I Am, who was the self-existent one, who was and who is and who is to come. Hallelujah. In Luke eleven twenty-eight. Oh, a woman came out and she said, Blessed be the womb that bore you and the breast that gave you uh, nourishment. And he says, More blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. Oh, maybe you're not being blessed today because something has closed in that ear of yours. Something that needs to be once again revisited by the Holy Spirit. Thank God for the reforming Spirit of God. Thank God that He always brings us back. We stray then he straightens us. We bend away and he puts us back on the road again. Why? Because he wants to teach us a lesson. No, because he loves you. He's not so petty to be teaching you lessons. He's not so small that all of a sudden it's just about the rules. You st- oh, you put a little bit off here. Oh, you put a little bit off there. He's not nitpicking with our lives just to show how great he is. He doesn't. We don't have a small man syndrome, God. Can you say Amen. We have no petty God. We have a God that loves us and a God that brings us back into the way. Why? Because when you live with that ear blocked and you're not hearing from God, you can't get through it. I don't care who you are. You won't get through it. You can't get through it. There is no way. The Bible says there's a way that seems right to a man, but it ends in destruction. And so the opening of the year is fundamental for the Christian to be hearing what God has to say. You have laid down your rights at the cross. You became a slave to righteousness. You received nothing other than what God says. You, do, you live the life according to God. That's the Christian. That's how the Christian must live. We do not pattern our life over some of my thinking and some of God's thinking. I died. That's what baptism was about. I died, as Paul says, and my life is hidden with Christ and God. I died. You need to say it to yourself right now. Say it with me. I died. I died. That's what happened at salvation. I died. Baptism is a picture of it. I died. I died. It's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me. You need to understand that. You need to understand the gravity of that. You need to understand how that logically works out and spiritually works out in your life and reform yourself to that understanding because there the entrance of His Word will bring light and hope and victory for you again. 
The purpose of this ministry this morning is to build you, not knock you. Amen. It's to see you hearing God again. It's to see you back in production. It's to see you bearing fruit, walking in the victory. Amen. Not walking in worry, not walking in fear, not walking under the oppression of your own sin and the brokenness that it brings, but to be walking free because it's for freedom. Christ has made you free. Hallelujah. Oh, but my marriage is a mess. I have a right to divorce. He did the dirt or she did the dirt. Well, I want to tell you, your rights are only what God gives you. You have no rights. Let me tell you, the scripture says in Corinthians 13, I show you a more excellent way, the way of love. You now have the right to love. Can you say amen today? Love covers a multitude. Love believes all things. Love hopes all things. Love endures all things. You see, friends, you are free to love. I think that's an awesome thing. So God, give me an understanding of what that means because I know it's powerful, but it hasn't rested into my spirit. You, were, you couldn't love before. You had limited abilities. Now you are connected to the love of heaven, the source of all love, who is God himself, and you have the ability to love that is your right as a slave to righteousness. I have the right to love. Oh, they said terrible things about me. They gossiped. I have the right to force an apology. You have the right to pray. Can I hear an amen? You have no right to answer. You have the right to pray. Someone has stolen from me. You have the right to forgive. Oh, hallelujah. What a freedom there is for the Christian. I said, what a freedom. And you say, where, 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 where is justice? Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. I want to tell you, friends, don't even go down that rabbit hole and let this word be evaporated through false philosophy that brings nothing other than the status quo to your life. And those who are dealing with it right now know exactly what I'm saying. You just build yourself into your corner, resist the word of God, and say, what about natural justice? Oh, don't go there, because if you were to get natural justice, your head is in the guillotine first. You are. Every one of us. And live long enough, if you haven't, live long enough, you will. I can't seem to get it out of my mind what people did to me. And the awful thing, some of you are sitting here today, and you're dealing with awful awful violations of your past, awful childhoods, awful oppressions that come back to you and darken you. But I want to tell you, you are connected to Christ. You're a slave. You're bonded to his cross. And God says to you this, you have the right to forgive and the right to forget. Hallelujah. Forgetting what lies behind. There comes a time when the Christian, it's not to deny my past, but it says, oh God, give me the power so that the memory of it fades and it no longer impedes me in my journey as a wife or a husband or a son or a daughter, amen, as a friend to others. That is no right, oh God, because you promised me victory. Oh, you have the right, Christian, this morning to forget and drink in the lethe of God and forget a painful past. God would have you willing servants. Compulsory service has no moral value. Are you willing? He is willing to open your ear again. But you must be willing. And if you're here this morning and you say, I'm still struggling, say, oh God, I'm willing to be made willing. It's not a good prayer. 
I know it's true, but my emotions are so boxed in here by these failures around me, are my own failures. And I get that. And if I get that, how much more does God get it? He lived amongst us. He knew us, the worst of us, the best of us. He still loves us. And we can come with an honest prayer and say, Lord, I'm willing to be made willing. I really am, oh God. There's some here, and it's been a journey for you to come back to church, and you're back, and God's touching your life again. It's awesome, because you said that. You may not have articulated the same way as I, but that's exactly what you meant. God, I'm willing to be made willing. I see my wife, I see my children lifting up holy hands and going for God, and somehow I'm stuck in some argument, like some scratched record. Lord, I'm willing to be made willing to find this this graceful path in true servanthood to you. I hope to God you hear this for your life because whatever's left could be very productive. You could really be. You could, a, life, a lifetime full of bad decisions, foolish decisions, wrong decisions can be expunged at a moment of brilliance when God opens your ear again and you hear, this, and you hear that, I'm with you, son. I'm with you, daughter. I love you. You're the apple of my eye. You may have disappointed others, but you're not a disappointment to me. Hallelujah. I have crowned you with my love and kindness and mercy and compassions. Oh, I want to tell you to hear that, to know that, the sense that makes it easy to get on with life. Easier to get on with life. There's no easy life, friends. It gets easier, but one day it will be easy. One day all the tears will pass away. Are you willing to be made willing to open your ear? He's opened my ears and I was not rebellious is what Jesus said. See, slavery is a state of imperfection. But so also is the miscalled liberty of independence. The only perfect state for men is that service which is perfect freedom. Now you want to distill that down another day, let me tell you. But that's not my quote, that's from one of the greats. The pierced ear testifies to the pierced heart. The badge of slavery, our service, our servant is now our badge. And we wear it with love. Because we now know that he is all that I need. Hallelujah. I'm not my own. I'm not my own, I said. I belong to another. I was purchased, bonded to another. But he didn't force me to come. But I did. His love drew me to a cross. I remember I was 12 or 13. I don't know what age you were. Maybe it was five months ago, five weeks ago, 15 years ago. Who knows? But there's a time when you went to that cross and he opened your ear. And he wants to do it again. I'm not my own. I belong to Christ. I don't have any of my own rights. I've only got his rights. I don't even have a house. It's his house. This is where it gets really nitty-gritty now, doesn't it? I don't have a car. It's his car. And I don't say that out of some sort of cavalier Christian speak. The longer you begin to think about what God has given you, it's God's. It's all his. Money, I don't have money. It's all his. He says, I'm such a good master, I'm going to let you keep 90% of it though. But ten, I want you to help the church and get the gospel out there. I want you to touch the world. It's going to need some finances and it's going to come out of you to do that. But you can keep 90% of it. I remember Brother Clendenin telling me me a story many, many years ago when he got born again. He was a hard drinking man, fighting man. He got wonderfully saved. His marriage was nearly gone. And he heard the pastor talk about tithing. 
and uh, he didn't understand it, so the pastor spoke when he sat down, and he said, VH, he said, now listen, he said, this is what the scripture says, I didn't write it, this is the word of God, you belong to him now, this is his rules, it's his, his rights you, you live by. And he said, VH, he said, the tent belongs to the Lord. And he was down there, he was, he was chuckling, he said, in his heartbeat, he said, because before I got born again, he says, 90% of my money was gone in booze and cigarettes and gambling, which I had no control over. And Christ set me free. Now I have all this money in hand. I'm thinking, let's me keep 90% of it. Every 40 years, my old master took everything and gave me nothing but a broken marriage and a broken body and diabetes and, and, and blood problems and kidney problems and liver problems. And now God has healed me and God's restored me. What a friend we have in Jesus. We are free to live a different life. We are free to be different in this world, friends. We are free as long as our ears open to hear His voice and in His Word every day. And I encourage you, whoever you are, wherever you are, this morning, come to Him with an honesty and say, Oh God, oh God, you did do this to me years ago, but something has blocked. and Something has held me back. You know what it is. I don't need to point it out. In one way, it doesn't matter what it is. What matters is that you come to Him now. I don't really care the details. Sometimes people go on too much detail about what, what it was. It nearly gives a bit of glory to it. Treat it with the contempt it deserves. It's not even worth talking about. Some of it is quite disgusting. Some of it is quite lewd. Some of it is quite just horrible attributes of no man or woman should possess. But God says, I don't care. None of that bothers me. That's why? Because my son, his cross is so much bigger than that. Don't you try to take your sins and the sins of this world and tell me that they're bigger than what my Jesus accomplished at Calvary. Don't come because that's the worst unbelief you can bring before God to say, well, I'm so odious. I'm so disgusting. I'm so, I should know better. We all should know better. We all do know better. And he says, it's not bigger than my Savior. It's not bigger than my cross. It's not greater than the blood. It speaks a better word over you. So what do we do in time of need? We go boldly before the throne of grace. And I want, to, I want you to stand with me this morning because we're going to go boldly together before the throne of grace this morning in time of need. I, you know, folks, it is common to all of us, these blockages that come into our spiritual walk. But this morning, before we leave here, let's do business with God again. Let's just keep our focus where it needs to be just for a moment or two. Now you can resist... You can fight, you can push back, and you can live another five years in the misery that you've been under. And that God would be just weeping at heart for you. Like I would weep for my own natural children to see them live like that. I can imagine the tears that God would cry. Not that God is crying tears, boo-hoo, but you know what I'm saying. There is something in the very heart of God of love that surely it must bring him great sadness to see that which is his, not walking in the victory that he has for it. That which he loves. So if you are this morning, say, oh God, I've, my ear's gotten so blocked. I, I, I've gotten out of, I've gotten out of center, off center here. I've gotten out of my lane. I've, I've been living my life as if I wasn't a slave to righteousness, but I've been a slave to my own flesh. See, the Christian's not a slave to the devil anymore, just, but you can't be a slave to your flesh. And it can absolutely look the same from the outset, let me tell you that. And the devil will do everything he can to keep on tripping you up. Now, maybe this morning, you say, I need a touch from the Holy Spirit, like a God at salvation. 
where I begin to, my ear is pierced again. But to get that, you have to say, I am laying down my rights again. I'm laying them down. I can't take them back up when we say amen and you just live, just live according to the pattern and what you're thinking is. You can't do that. It doesn't work that way. That's just, that's just a recipe for more disaster in your life. Maybe there's one, maybe there's two, maybe there's many this morning saying, I'm ready to take the rights of a slave again and to trust God for all my provision, to serve him and love him and not own what I think my rights are, but only the rights that he gives me. I have the right to forgive. I have the right to love. I have the right to, be, to believe. I have the right to forget. I have the right to give. I have the right to walk in peace too. Do you know the other thing about being a slave to Christ is this? Is that whatever comes into your life when you're serving him, whatever attack, it's his attack. It's, it's to him. Whatever comes against you comes against him. Because he owns you. He loves you. And he springs into action. And he brings his angels and he brings his power and he does the supernatural for you. It's our God who fights for us. There's no more fighting in our own strength. Some of you maybe might be saying, I'm so fed up of fighting in my own strength. If that's you this morning, close your eye. Bow your head, everybody. You've already got a few minutes. We're gone here. We're gone into Sunday afternoon. We're gone to Monday morning. The days will just pass us by like a vapor. But maybe you're ready to do something here with God and mean it. Let the Holy Spirit touch your life. Raise your hand if you say, God, I want you to open my ear again. I want you to open my ear again. Lord, I will be nothing other. I want to be willing to be made willing. I want to be a servant. I want to be a slave to righteousness. I want to, Lord, take nothing other, Lord, again than your, your instruction, your will for my life. Not my will, but thine be done. Not my way, but thy way, oh God. Maybe that's you this morning, and you really mean it with the Lord. I tell you, if you really mean it, he's already heard you before the pastor prays. Your prayer's already answered. We're just going to pray out of decorum in one way. But another way, we're praying to augment what you just said to God. So we're going to pray and ask God to do what only he can do. Come on, just raise those hands and love him this morning. Receive the love of the Lord. God, I pray for these precious men and women. My, my wonderful brothers and sisters, God. I pray for them right now. But God, you will begin to speak into their heart again. You will begin to speak, Lord God, into that dull ear that it will awaken again. Awake my soul. Awake, O sleeper, from your grave. Lord, I pray you will bring spiritual resurrection. I pray you will bring back the pattern of life that needs to be put back in place, Lord. You bring back, Lord, a way of righteous behavior and thinking that only comes from your spirit. I pray, Jesus, that you will, Lord, heal the souls that are raising their hands to you this morning. And you will open their ears again, Lord, as they say, Lord, I have no rights other than the rights you give me. Oh, Jesus, please, Lord. Hear, Lord, the desperate ones today, Lord. Hear the ones that really are meaning this prayer. Lord, those who are really asking you, I thank you, Lord, that you hear them, Lord. And I pray now, Lord God, that we will leave today, Lord, knowing, Lord, we start a new day. And the first day of the week, which is, the, which is Sunday, that we will, Lord, it is truly the first day of the rest of our lives as Christians, that we will live for you as slaves to righteousness, God. We, Lord, bring ourselves, volunteer again, back to that cross and say, speak again, O God. Speak again, O God. Thy servant is listening. Speak again, O God. Thy servant is listening. Hallelujah, Lord God. Hallelujah. Maybe there's one here before we close. In the hearing of my voice, maybe somebody online. And you've never ever given your life to Christ, but you've been drawn by the Spirit of God. You've been, you know exactly what it is to be a slave of darkness, because I know you do, just like the rest of us. 
We all know one thing. We all know what darkness feels like and sounds like and looks like. And Jesus said, for freedom, I've come to make you free. Are you ready to give your life to the Lord? If there's just one this morning, you're ready to give your life to him. Just raise your hand. There might be somebody here. Every eye, I don't want them to embarrass. Please, just raise your hand if you say, I want to give my life to Jesus this morning. You've never given your life to the Lord. Raise your hands. I want to give, I see, I see, I see three hands raised to the Lord. Four hands raised to the Lord. Bless you. Hallelujah. I see those. Oh, God. God bless you this morning. I'm giving my life to the Lord. Maybe you're online. You could be on a bus somewhere with your headset on. I don't know where you are. And this could be watched three years' time. I don't know. But I know one thing that God is able to save you now. But it's laying down your rights and say, I no longer want to be a slave to darkness and sin and Satan. I want to be a slave to righteousness because you're going to have to serve one or two, one of the two. If you want to keep on doing the other one, see where it gets you. It'll get you nowhere quick. You know that. But you give your life to Christ and make him your Lord and your master. And then I want to tell you, he'll look after the electric bill and he'll look after the mortgage for you. He'll feed the children for you. He'll open doors that only he can open. Father, I pray right now, whoever those are, Lord, you will begin to administrate your grace to them. I want you to pray the simple prayer with me. If you're not a believer and you're giving your life to the Lord right now, you want to become part of the great body of Jesus, close your eyes, pray this prayer with all your heart and God will meet you. He'll take you at your word. He will graft you into the body of Christ. Dear Lord Jesus, I know that you love me. I know that you're all light. You're all, you're beautiful. You are righteous. You are holy. But you are love. And I hear love this morning. I hear a cry coming through the word into my heart to break free from the bondage of sin and darkness and come onto the side of Christ. And I lay down my life to you, Jesus. I, I, I give my life. I give everything, Lord. You have it all. Everything, Lord. Relationships, God. Career. All of it is yours. I lay down. I'm, I, I'm your slave, Lord. Whatever you say, I'll do, Lord, by your grace and your power. Wherever you send me, I'll go by your grace and power. I give you my life. Please forgive me. Bring me into the family of God. Make me born again of the Spirit and a true slave to righteousness. And give me all the rights of a slave of righteousness which is your power and your provision and your love and your protection. I give it to you now in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you if you prayed that prayer this morning. God bless you if you ask Christ into your life. Thank you for tuning in with us today. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Cork Church. Also, make sure to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you have any questions at all, you can email us info at corkchurch.com or just check out our website www.corkchurch.com. Again, thank you for tuning in and see you next time. God bless.